Hey, this is Glory Every Day, and I'm so glad you're here. I'm your host, Kayla Turner. Join me each week as I talk with a friend about how God is at work in our lives for His glory. I love to tell stories, laugh, and accidentally cry often. My hope is that hearing these conversations will encourage you with fresh eyes to see how God is at work in your own life for His glory. Because whether you are cleaning a bathroom, working at your computer, or having coffee with a friend, God can be glorified in all of it. I am sitting here with my friend Sakina. She and I go to church together and we met a couple months ago, Mm -hmm. I think. And she is somebody that I've wanted to bring on the podcast for a while because she also is starting a podcast Mm -hmm. and we have some similarities in our callings. And from the first time that she and I sat down for coffee together one time, it was really fun to talk about the overlap in those things, but also Mm -hmm. like a specific niche of people and desire in ministry and things that is really intriguing to me. And I think very cool and I want you to share about that here in a little bit and talk about it so I'm excited also though I think one of the things that is really fun is back when I was first starting the podcast which obviously wasn't that long ago (laughs) but I'd kind of been working and preparing towards that for a little bit and so I had gotten the equipment and I hadn't recorded yet but you came over and we just kind of like practiced some things and in fact this is coming back to me. The the trailer and the the piece that you hear beforehand of every episode is like, hey, this is glory every day. And whether you're cleaning the toilet, like that whole thing, mm-hmm. that I re- you were here when I recorded it and we did a whole bunch of takes and you're like, try this and do that. And you were so helpful. And so I'm really excited to sit here with you today. Thanks for all your help in it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like listening to that part. I'm like, hey, I think I was there for that. Yep, that was the one. <laughs> you're like, that's the one. Go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us about yourself. Tell us your family and kind of what you do now. Well, I, um, I'm married. I have three kids. Um, two of my kids are twins and they're 10. I have a son who is six and, um, and yeah, right now I am a part-time getting my feet wet in, in, in ministry. I, um, help lead a prayer group and, um, and I also do some children's ministry in that. And that's been really beautiful. And, um, I'm hoping just to start my own podcast soon and, um, just kind of understand how it will unfold, um, is kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah. So some of that I think is helpful to know your backstory, right. And kind of the direction that you're in feeling towards in ministry right now, Mm -hmm. um, and how you came to know the Lord. Will you tell us that story or tell us whichever version, listen, you guys, when I texted her last night and was like, (laughs) here's a rundown of how I kind of want this to go. And I said, you know, I'd I'd love you to start with telling your story about how you came to know the Lord. And she said, can I say this? Yes. She said, I have a three minute vision, three minute version, a five minute version and a seven minute version. And I was like, yes, of course you do. (laughs) I love that so much. So whichever version you want to give us, we're here for. Okay, well, um, I I will get a, a new version. Yes, a brand new one. Should I time it and then I'll let you know which That's one a, it is? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, so I um I went to high school here in 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 the Midwest, and um, I I grew up in in the Midwest. My uh, my parents, my mom is um his Hispanic, and my dad is from Iran, and um. So I grew up with a mainly um, Middle Eastern culture in in my home. However, you know we still ate tacos, and yeah. you know we still uh-huh. had that that flair. Uh, my mom had converted from Catholicism to to is to Islam, so we were raised. Um, when she is, married your dad, is that right, or had she done that before? 
Uh, you know, the story gets gets fuzzy. Okay. She she tells me she uh, she converted bef- before, but you know, I never forgot. She said, Muslims. Um, Muslims give Jesus a lot of importance too and just I remember being young and thinking like why does that matter you know Mm. and uh, my mom was very devout we uh we wore the we wore the cover and since I was five I I wore the 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 cover and and I loved it so um so yes so I was very proud of being Muslim and um and Fast forward to going to, to high school, I had um, eventually taken off my my hijab at school just because of, of many reasons. I think my mom was a little bit less in, enamored with the with with Islam, and um, and she just thought that you know there there's many diff, different way, ways to like worship, and she mm-hmm. said that that wasn't one. So anyway, um, I. Um, my biggest change was when I was a junior in high school and I took a, a philosophy course. And, um, I remember my teacher talking about absolute truth and I just was enamored with what the idea of that was. And somebody had told me, well, you, you're only Muslim because you were raised that, that way if you were raised Christian, you would be Christian. And I was really shaken by that. And, um, from there I started to pray a lot and just ask God, like, you know, I, I don't want to die and say, I, I never asked you, wow. like I'm putting it in, in, in your hands now. Mm-hmm. And I never got anything. Yeah. Um, I, and then, um, the guy, my high school boyfriend at, at the time, his parents were, were pastors because that's the way it works, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I rem- and he had been he had been telling me about Jesus and um, and I had gone to church with him a, a couple of times and I remember being very shocked at the at the worship mm. and um, and so there was a little bit stirring all, already, but um, I w- I went to his house for his birthday and his mom. Um, had some some missionaries over and um, they were Jewish be- believers and I remember just being at the table and feeling like annoyed that mm. they were going across the world and like forcing people in my mind to be Chris- Chris- Christian when they were fine uh-huh. in how they were you yeah. know and so we had that that conversation and I remember she had said to me um, well uh, why I was like, why do people have to believe in, in Jesus? And she said, well, that's how God, it, it wasn't anything pro- profound. And yeah. now that I'm trying to remember, I'm having a hard time. But she said, there, um, that's how God created a way for us to, to be close to, to him, mm-hmm. was that Jesus died on the cross. And I had heard that Jesus had died on the cross tons of times. Yeah. And when she said it at that moment, mm. something inside of me like broke. And I felt like, like I was immediately like shaking. And yeah. I felt just like a big, like wind just rushed through me. Yeah. And, um, and I remember having in my mind's eye seen like Jesus on the cross and I mm-hmm. said Lord like like I've always prayed to you I've always talked talked to you and he said you wanted the truth and um I was like yeah that is what I wanted mm-hmm. 
and he said Jesus died on the cross because wow. as as Muslims we don't believe that Jesus died on the okay. cross and so that was a big um, deal for me and everybody was at the table asking me why I was crying <laughs> and I was like I I believe I oh, know wow. that Jesus died and so I prayed with them at the table mm. and um and yeah that's how that's kind of the, the that is a very short version of yeah. how I came to know Christ. Yeah. Did you get involved in a church that or I guess did you go to church with them then for a while or mm-hmm. 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 I did. Yeah. And um and then eventually I think my my parents found out and um my I remember my my pastor told me that sometimes things get worse before they they get better mm-hmm. and I remember thinking like wow everything is just worse because yeah. I was fine. I say I was fine before right. I knew Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um, and everything seemed not fine because my parents weren't talking to me. Yeah. And um, my dad took away my, my car and a bunch of other things. But, um, but I had heard God. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And... And so anyway, um, and then God lived in, in, inside of me and he mm-hmm. would convict me whenever I would exaggerate a story or wow. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. or tell, um, tell a joke that wasn't probably the best joke. And yeah. I was like, wow, uh, Lord, can you, can you just live in me part time? Like, on Sundays? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you, okay, I'm going to go with that then for a second, just even that conviction piece, this is totally jumping boat, but like, I feel like that's such an important thing because I think we can grow numb to conviction really easily. Like even when you're like, can this just be part time? You're like, I think sometimes we say that enough and then we, we move towards that and we can actually like numb ourselves to the things that we are feeling convicted to or of. And so I'm just thinking even from a parenting standpoint, like because you seem to have like such an ability to hear that well, like, do you feel like that plays into parenting at all? Like teaching your kids about sin and, and conviction of like, hey, these are these rules because they are. And it actually, it disappoints God and that's exaggerated and that's a lie. Like pointing yeah. that out in your kids that way or how, I'm just, I'm curious, like if that. Well, I think parenting has been a whole nother like realm for me that mm-hmm. I um, I don't know if anyone's ever pre- prepared for, but I definitely <laughs> put the ball. I was like, if the Lord can talk to me, the Lord can talk to you. Yeah. And so I often will tell them like, hey, you know, and I, I'll pray. I was like, Lord, I pray that they have eyes and ears to see yeah. and hear you because mm-hmm. if he can, because can, I don't think anyone, I was super stubborn mm-hmm. and um, there's no one who is just as gently, um, what does he do? He shows me who I really am, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes mm-hmm. I'm shocked that he loves who I really am, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. When you said that you, um, that worship at the church was really, I don't even remember what the word you used. Maybe you didn't give a word and that's why I wanted to know. Like what was, like were you intrigued, overwhelmed? Like was it weird? What was it like? So um, I had gone to a, a Catholic school, and my best friend at the time was Catholic, and I would spend the night at her house often, mm-hmm. and I'd have to go to church with her on, on Sundays. And so I thought that that's what worship was going to be like, mm-hmm. or I thought that's what every church sure. was like. And um, uh, those songs in, in the 90s were really good, those yeah. worship songs. Yeah. And I remember <laughs> walking in and hearing them like saying, like, this is, this, is the, this is the air I breathe. Yeah. This is... Um, 
there was just so uh, like there's that other song that says shout shout to the lord Mm -hmm. with a and i i would in my head i would replace lord with allah okay because i but i was so moved and i was like i have never seen people write such beautiful love songs Mm -hmm. to god Mm -hmm. you know and i i always thought that muslims were like holier than christians Mm -hmm. because we we cover and we wear long sleeves and Mm -hmm. long pants and we don't shake men's hands, you right. know, we're, um, we really try to set, set ourselves apart. And when I saw the way people were singing, um, it, it really moved me. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. <laughs> what about going to Catholic school and then the difference between like your parents letting, like sending you there, not just letting you, but sending you, right? Like that's mm-hmm. a the private school option. So they chose to send you to Catholic school but then they didn't love that you became a Christian. How was that like reconciled? Um, well, um, I think eventually, like my dad, I feel like he's sometimes still in 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 denial. But I feel like even recently, my my mom definitely took the the conversion harder, which I thought okay. was interesting. Yeah. Um, but um, my I you know. I was always the one who had chosen to pray. I chose mm-hmm. to, to cover. So mm-hmm. I think that they weren't ever worried about about that because I had been such a devout mm-hmm. Muslim, yeah. in a sense, um, growing up. But mm-hmm. um, now I think that they're, um, you know, they, they ask me to, to pray. And, you know, my dad even sometimes seems a little bit more open mm-hmm. to prayer and things like that. Than, yeah. That's very cool mm-hmm. that they seek you out for that now. Like, especially, like, do you mean, like, we're all going to eat? Would you pray? Or, like, hey, this thing's going on. Will you pray for it? More like, hey, this this thing's going on. I remember recently my dad was like, uh, I think God seems to, like, I think God seems to, like, talk talk to you. What did you like, say? I was like, yeah, I just smiled and said yes, because sometimes yeah. I think I can be too excited. And, oh, sure. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. Yes, Dad, he does. <laughs> yes. I love that so much. Do you, I mean, that has to be really encouraging, like, it, you know, praying for, for the salvation of your family and then seeing like little pieces of things like that. Yeah. And I'm, yes. And I'm, I think I've seen a handful of little pieces, but mm-hmm. I'm hoping to see the full the yeah. fullness of that yes soon. absolutely yeah. in jesus name i believe that so when you talked about kind of being in this place where you felt like muslims were holier than christians and things so when you converted were there parts of you that kind of carried over that mentality or was it like did it did it transfer in your head then like incorrectly like well christians are holier or that those like certain physical practices are more important kind of in an old testament way you know like there's certain things like um very legalistic that felt ingrained in ingrained in you that still carried over in a different like now in christianity or not so much um i you know i was thinking about this and i um i remember just the just the thought of grace mm-hmm. just the thought of grace was really hard for, for me mm-hmm. i didn't um because anytime I had, like, in my own head, did a sin. Like, mm-hmm. I think one time I was playing tag and I kept on touching this one boy I, I had a crush on. I came home. I felt so guilty. I did extra extra prayers. And mm-hmm. after all my extra prayers, I didn't feel guilt. And mm-hmm. I remember after receiving Christ, I was like, 
wanting to do some extra prayers, but I didn't know how. Mm-hmm. And I remember the Lord telling me, like, Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so I just have to trust you? Mm-hmm. Like, I have to. I was like, that's harder than, yeah. you know, that's just. And it's I'd rather like, do something that makes me feel like I have power in it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that was one thing that was really hard. But I think, you know, for years I was always worried because in, in, in Islam, we uh, believe that somebody that somebody had corrupted the the Bible, mm-hmm. and so I was still worried as, about that as oh, a believer. Yeah. I was like, which Bible is wrong, right. Lord? Which Bible is wrong? And so, it took years, mm-hmm. and then now I'm like, all Bibles are right. It's the Lord who speaks to yeah. us and, and 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 interprets. But was that a a process, or do you have a moment that you specifically remember, like, oh, this is this is the Word of God, and it is all from Him, or? Um, I think when I was um, in my 20s, um, I think I had just gotten into, I think I'd just gotten heart heartbroken over a couple of things. And I remembered how exhausted I was from trying to figure out what mm-hmm. was, what Bible was right. And I remember thinking like, Lord, I surrender to you mm-hmm. and I'm just going to read whatever book you, you, you put in front of me. And it that gave me so much peace to not yeah. try to have so much control i guess mm-hmm. yeah i love that i love listen i it is fun to me to hear other people talk about their relationship with the lord right like and that's another way that we could even say like god is glorified in that for sure because he um he's glorified when we when we make him big and so when we share our relationship with the lord with others it's glorifying to him, but I'm also so encouraged because we are all wired differently. And I love that the way that the Lord speaks to us often, you know, based on our, our wiring, but also, um, just people's unique gifts. I think people, some people hear from the Lord really easily and some people feel like that's a struggle. And granted, I think that is an area that we will all grow in until, until the day that we're with him forever. But I love, love that so much from an early age that you were just even like in your seeking, like the way that you're, that the the language and the tone in your voice that you were talking about the way that you were praying like even pre being a believer and the way that you're talking about prayer and like that conversation kind of I mean you're just reporting like two different conversations but your heart seems so eager in both of them and the same and so like it's really beautiful to see that and also to see that that it was God's mark on your life that God God was calling you for so long from the beginning and I love that so much yeah and you know even with you saying that it reminds me and it I think about it every school year and even throughout school because I felt like Lord I've been praying to you this this whole time where have you been Mm. and um he immediately like while I was at that table crying he immediately showed me every single time that somebody had shared the the gospel with me and I remember when I was in kindergarten, somebody gave gave me a gold cross, and mm-hmm. I remember my mom saying, "You take that back and you you give it back back to them." Yeah. And I was like, "Okay." And then he, the Lord was showing me um, these the, these teachers that had never ever shared said Jesus to me or anything, mm-hmm. and I was like, "No, Lord, like you didn't. They didn't talk to me about Jesus." And He said, "These teachers have prayed for you." <laughs> I think you've said that before and I forgot that. uh, And I was like, oh my goodness. I was like, they prayed for me. And, and just, um, just knowing that like sometimes when I feel frustrated with some of my own family members, like I just know that like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm going to pray and leave it there and walk away. Mm -hmm. 
Man, what a beautiful gift for the Lord to show you. Have you, I'm curious, ever, have you talked to any of those teachers since then? Um, I've talked to a, a couple and um, the one teacher that he showed me over and over and mm-hmm. over, I've never, I don't, I don't know if she, she's even still around, but yeah. I've tried to look for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but when I see her in heaven, I'm going to give her yeah. a big hug. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my mom had sent me a message this morning about somebody that had sent to her that was basically like the history of her becoming a believer that was like, because this Sunday school teacher taught me about Jesus and this person taught that person and this person taught that person, you know, like I'm a believer, mm-hmm. you know, through the, through the work of the Lord and all those things. And that's what it makes me think of that. You know, one day we'll see all those people and how knitted together it is because it's more than likely not just this isolated, isolated event or person, but that it's like it's the Lord obviously working, but that he used so many different people and different things in your lives. Life. One of the things that I wanted to mention, though, is that one of your friends, Jessica, that um, middle school, right, that you guys were friends. Mm -hmm. Okay. yeah, we were friends um, since seventh grade and um I we had gone to different high schools but um we were still very close and I remember before the year 2000 she called me and she gave me like the dreaded call mm-hmm. of um she was crying and she was like Skeena I just I'm just praying that you're gonna know Jesus and I was like oh my gosh I can't believe that she's doing this she knows I'm Muslim yeah. why is she doing yeah. this and I just because I just smiled. I was like, thank you. I appreciate you praying for me. Mm -hmm. And, um, and she just, you know, it was a long, awkward conversation for me, but actually a year later I came to know Mm -hmm. the Lord. So, um, so I, I remember, you know, Mm -hmm. I just remember how, um, yeah. Yeah. And now you guys go to church together. And now we go to church together. Were you, have you guys been friends the whole time or, I mean, not that you weren't friends, but were you always like close friends that saw each other or did it like come and go in waves and in adulthood you became friends again or you've no, we've always been, been friends. We've always yeah. been friends. Oh, that's yeah. right. Because her grandmother's house was across from our, our friend Aaron's, right? We were sitting there one night and you were like, wait, that was my friend's grandma's house. Yeah. It was something <laughs> right like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love that so much. So one of the things that I wanted to go back and ask you was you were talking about the way that the Lord's using you now, and you talked about a prayer group and some mm-hmm. children's ministry. What what does that look like now? Well, um, we um, so there's this girl that I hired as as a coach to help me um, just um, coach me into like goal set setting and kind of get me on on my podcast. And the girls in in our coaching session ended up just starting to call each other every week and praying mm-hmm. with each other. And so now it's turned into like a little ministry too. Okay, yeah. And so um, that's um, that's been just really good because it's given me a lot of practice in just being really authentic and sharing my how I live my faith out because mm-hmm. I think often I. Um, I like having my faith in the prayer closet mm. and sometimes, you know, so mm-hmm. that's a, that's an area that I'm, that I'm growing and I think it's been, it's been really good. Yeah. So tell us about what your, your podcast will be about or your vision and direction for it right now. Well, um, so when I was in, so I lived in Dallas and for most of my, my twenties and, um, I ended up meeting, um, this group called 
gospel for for Muslims. And um, they shared at one of my church events. And um, I remember like just crying and like ugly crying Mm -hmm. because um, I had never met this many former Muslims. And so um, after the event, I went up and I I introduced myself and we ended up... um, I ended up just sharing a lot of time with this with this group and just being really healed mm-hmm. and seeing other people continue to be Middle Eastern yeah and believers mm-hmm. at the same time for me was super just healing yeah. and um, seeing how there is other people who were afraid to like read the wrong Bible yeah and other people who were who had a hard time with grace and other people who say, you know, I see that God loves me, but it sometimes feels too good to be true, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. we're just really washing off years of what we learned, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so just to walk alongside, um, you know, hey, my, my parents don't want to want to talk to me, and it's yeah. so painful. And mm-hmm. just, you know, working on forgiving and, you know, working. So my hope for my podcast is to kind of just have a place to, to share that yeah. and to have others kind of share where that was and where it has taken them Mm -hmm. and specifically in the muslim community right yeah okay Uh yeah i love that because it's so it's specific but in like in a really great way like we need people in all kinds of pockets of things and that that like i wouldn't have even known that was a need i mean i know that it's hard like when people come to know the lord and have a really different background from that but you can minister so differently because you've walked through it and you know the specific differences and the things that are really challenging how long was it before you felt like your relationship with your parents was better if that's even a right word but because you just said they took their car away like for a while or like you had to buy your own car the next time um i had to buy my own car and um and the lord provided for me for that too like it was it was a real it was a real miracle but um so i think it was a couple of years and then my mom had reached out to me and i had just seen how much my parents um um they had missed me Mm. and i was was that like complete silence like you didn't live there you didn't go there you didn't talk to them on the phone at all Right. Wow. Okay. And so um, it was after I graduated. I think I was um, trying to go to Bible college and working at Sonic. And one day my mom showed up at Sonic. Okay. (laughs) Because she knew you were there or just happened to be going to Sonic? I think she asked around enough and then found out that I was there. And so she she said, I don't want to talk about what 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 religion you think you are but just come just come back home and um and then um what was interesting is i actually wrecked my pastor's daughter's car and i was like oh my goodness how am i going to pay for this and i remember my dad came and then i i and my dad called and he was like i will pay for it oh wow and i i remember just feeling so humbled and the lord really talked to me about how like you know, it's a commandment that we honor our mother and and our father, mm-hmm. and so that like really brought a lot of healing too. Yeah, wow. It's a yeah. That's crazy. That's really cool though. <laughs> so, oh, something else I was going to mention that Sakina and I have in common is we have the exact same wedding anniversary. So we were married both on March 
19th, but in 2011. Exactly, right? So we both mm-hmm. celebrated 11 years a few weeks ago. Yes. Right? We're, you guys got married in Kansas City. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it, it rained on that day. It sprinkled in St. Louis. Actually, no, it stormed that night. So we did some pictures and stuff in, the, in like a little bit of drizzle, and it was overcast all day. And then by the time our reception started, it was storming. That's yeah. funny. So, so the storm started for your wedding and then made it over across the state <laughs> to ours. We got equal blessings. Of yeah. <laughs> you mentioned earlier about the conference that you went to when you realized there were a lot of other people like you that had had your same experiences. Is that what specifically you think started this calling in you that you would call a calling towards like a specific ministry and wanting to help people through through the same kinds of things or was there another moment or how would you kind of define that you felt like there was a ministry there for you that you were being called to? Um, so I think that when I got married and I moved out of Dallas and I and back, back to Kansas city, I remember just missing it a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, ha- I have a mentor, um, who I still talk to, who, who was a part of it. And, you know, I think one big thing that, um, gospel for Muslims had shared was that um, that God loves Ish- Ishmael and God blessed Ishmael and I think at that moment um, just being in church for so long mm-hmm. I had um, this idea that I didn't even know I had that God doesn't love the people of the mm-hmm. Middle East because they're they're children of, of Ishmael and I remember getting my Bible out and going yeah. to Genesis and seeing that God blessed Ish- Ishmael and I think I, I think I finally let myself receive love from God in many different ways after that. And yeah. so I think that there is, um, I think that I have a hunger to kind of share that, yeah. especially with um, the, the former Muslim community, because I had been a believer for seven years and that was the first time I had ever heard that and I, I remember even telling this one pastor who was a pastor at the small town that we were just visiting I was telling him that my dad is from is from Iran and I remember immediately he said well we stand with Israel mm-hmm. and I remember thinking like but I believe that God loves my dad and that one day we'll bring him in, in into the fold and so you know i think those were real and engine starter moments for yeah. me yeah what if you don't mind talking a little bit about this because we were we were talking earlier and you also kind of feel like there's a hold up or like a, a block or something right now that you can't that you're just struggling with like moving towards something right mm-hmm. can you walk us in because i think it's important that you know we talk we you can talk about calling and seasons and ministry and even i mean i think people are called to all kinds of things right outside of like specific church ministry i think we can be called to your your secular job because god's given you a heart for for those people and and that specific thing but what in ter- because and i think it's important because it can, like callings can I think they can change in seasons, you know, what we're specifically supposed to be doing sometimes. And maybe that's just vocationally. Nonetheless, sometimes people talk about it in a way that feels so figured out. And people, like, when we don't have it figured out, that can make us feel more lost. And so, like, maybe, do you, do you mind, like, inviting us into that wrestling a little bit? Um, 
Yes, that's a great word to use for wrestling because um, I feel so called to it and I feel so passionate about it. And I've even tried to get a couple of my friends who um, who really love mus- Muslims um, and they're not Muslims. Or, and I'm like, hey, I think you'd be a great lead- leader. Could you do you think you could do this? And uh, I remember one of my, my, my mentors telling me, you know what, Skin, that's probably your calling mm. and not something to put on somebody yeah. else. Mm-hmm. And um, and um, I just, as much as I feel called to it, I kind of feel like I'm in this moment of like, do I start here or do I start here? Mm-hmm. And how do I put it all to- together? So I feel like it's been a, a couple of years and it's still really messy. But I think even in the unfolding of that, um, I think the Lord, I think I've discovered that, hey, I was really scared of it. And mm-hmm. Um, I had some more healing to, to go through with mm-hmm. like forgiving, um, just forgiving people who may have decided that they didn't want to be a part of me because I became a, a, a Christian mm-hmm. and, you know, learning not to be defensive about yeah. that, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, maybe the Lord pushing me into this is one way he, he made it aware to me. Yeah pushing you into it like like calling you mean like pushing you towards that uh yes yeah Yeah. this may be kind of a loaded not even loaded question but so if you're kind of in a a place that you feel like you're wrestling or struggling what does obedience look like today to press into that where he's pushing you or maybe even tomorrow wow kayla (laughs) Look at that sweet smile with that loaded question. And if you maybe here, do you want to think about that for a second, or do you have an answer? I don't. I okay. don't have an answer because here I'll I'll share a story about calling for me, and I think, and maybe and maybe you don't have an answer, but I think that's something for me that's helpful because I didn't ask that for a really long time, and I don't know that I always ask it now, but especially when I was wrestling, that would have been really helpful. So like. Early, early on, I felt really called to ministry. And in fact, in the in the church I grew up in, I don't even feel like that was language I heard a lot, like called them the ministry unless it was like a pastor. And even then, like it was from the pulpit and they talked about when they became a pastor or something. I didn't really have an idea for a long time that there were even a lot of women in ministry mm-hmm. or in different roles. Again, even we were talking earlier about like we can be called to ministries outside of the church and things. But the only like handlebars I had for that was maybe somebody going forward on a Sunday morning saying, I feel called to missions. And it was like somebody that was going to become a missionary or something. And again, in that case was the only place maybe where I'd seen a woman go forward in something like that. And so er like at an early age, like maybe even elementary school, I can remember things stirring in my heart and going, I said to myself, wait, church camp one year, if I'm ever called to missions, I know that it started now. Like there was something that I could sense like in worship and what the Lord was speaking to me, but missions was the only language I had for it. And so, but I, and I struggled with that because I didn't think that I really had a call in my life, maybe for like overseas um, missions, like long-term missions, which again, is kind of the only context that I had for kind of this process and this tugging of my heart and what I had seen people walk out in. And so then fast forward to high school and I'm exposed to more things and see people being called to ministry and and different callings and what it looked like to walk out in that. My senior year, I was in the praise band, which is a really funny thing because I'm not a singer. (laughs) I can't sing. But I was too prideful to say that I should not do that (laughs) because I liked being in 
included in it. But I really couldn't. I think they just turned my mic down really low every time. And the youth pastor, when he was brand new, accidentally asked me to do that. And again, pride kept me from saying, hey, that's actually not my gifting. And they were too kind, I guess, to say, hey, <laughs> that's not a good spot fit for you. But I will say that doing that for two years took me to a conference my senior year that our youth pastor took some of the praise team on. Mm-hmm. And we were in Dallas, Texas, and it was called Spin. And it was... Um, the company that produced all of our like worship stuff, like the PowerPoints and all the music and all these things. So we had, we had a subscription to them and they did this big conference. And I think it was mostly for like youth praise teams, which is kind of funny, but we went and at that conference, I can remember them talking so much about like callings and like some are called to be apostles and some are called to be teachers. And there was a lot stirring in me and I you know, they were even like unpacking different kinds of like ministry positions, I guess. And so he even used the example of if you feel called to speak and teach. And so kind of, mm-hmm. I took it as like a, like, like he was doing like to travel around and speak and teach. And we'd had plenty of people come and speak at our retreats and like camps and things. So I knew the role he was talking about. And I remember feeling that, like, I felt like it was something like that for me. And he said in a way to be helpful, but he said, you know, how do you know that you're called to speak and teach? And he said, your phone doesn't stop ringing. People keep calling and asking you. So so what he was saying was that like the Lord affir- can affirm that in you. And so like actually shortly thereafter, I got called and asked to teach, help teach a Disciple Now weekend retreat, which was a thing. It's, I don't know, maybe some churches still do it, but it was a big thing in the 90s and early 2000s. And I was actually a senior in high school. And usually you'd bring in like college students or other youth pastors and leaders and things. And it was one of our youth pastor's friends had asked me to come down to Texas and help do his retreat. And so like the same year, so the conference would have been in that the fall. And I feel like I'm hearing these things from the Lord. And then that spring, my phone rings and this guy asked me to come help teach at his retreat. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. This is, this is just happening. I didn't do anything. It just happened. And so then continue through like college and trying to figure out what to major in at a school that I didn't really align with theologically. So I didn't want to do their religious or I didn't want to do the religion degree because I didn't want that for me and so I just got a degree in communication organizational communication which Mm. is just business communication but it's fancier and many more syllables long to say it (laughs) but um and psychology I double majored and so which again like the Lord's hand was in all of that because I use all of those things and have used them you know in places to get me to where I am today but all the while kept going, man, I'd, I'd like to work at a church or I'd like to do something. And I guess I'm just going to wait for people to call me. And so like, I didn't ever even apply for church jobs. I didn't, but I kept wanting them and I didn't apply for a lot of ministry stuff. And I just, in my head kept thinking, I just wanted these things to happen. And it wasn't until Will and I were married. So when we were married, we were both on staff together at a church and I was doing children's ministry and he was doing uh, middle school youth. And we did that for several reasons. And one of the big reasons being that there was an opportunity for us to be on staff together doing ministry together, which was always our dream. And so we did that even though those roles weren't specifically like what we felt called to forever, but like they, and and not even the most life-giving, more so for him, I did okay, but it still like, I knew I wanted to do women's ministry. And um, so we did that for like two years. And then we came up here to, to Kansas City and we're at the church that we're at now. And it wasn't until I was... I don't even remember what what was being said in this staff meeting, but I can remember sitting in the old office, which was, I don't know if you came back when we were at the 
in the strip mall or not, but mm-hmm. we were sitting in the office and I remember like it was a moment where, you know, sometimes you can be in counseling or you can be in places where you're like, oh, I operate this way because this thing happened or I have this wound and so I function this way now. And it mm-hmm. was, and so I, again, have no idea what we were talking about, but all of a sudden I remembered the thing that that guy said from the stage. Well, how do you know that you're called to that? It's because your phone doesn't stop ringing. And I, I had just thought for years and years and years that I shouldn't pursue ministry because it just gave me this thought and belief that I shouldn't pursue it. It's just going to happen. And I don't think God works that way. Like he uses things to affirm, but I had kind of like packed away this lie and functioned in a way that was like, I won't pursue it. It'll just happen to me. And I don't really know what to do, but it just seems to happen for everybody else. And so that was so huge to me to realize I'd been thinking incorrectly for so long about how that would happen and unfold for me. And so now, you know, I'm our women's ministry director and just even what it looks like to even start a podcast that like took a lot of initiative and didn't just happen, right? Like I had to have a lot of cheerleading. Like I wouldn't be doing this without my husband and other people for sure. But I think I asked that question then because like that would have been so helpful to me to be like, well, what would it look like to walk in obedience towards that calling? Because for me, I thought it was just waiting, but it wasn't really that the Lord had told me to wait. I think sometimes we pray and ask and the Lord's like, wait, I'm, I'm doing something here. But I don't think I'd even asked that. Like I just kept waiting and waiting and not even probably bringing it before him and all of that. So anyway. Um, that's really good. I think I'm doing a lot of waiting and mm-hmm. seeing what, what happens. And, um, I think I get just dis- discouraged really sure. easily. And I think I need some organizational communications help. Yeah. <laughs> She's pointing to me. Her fingers pointing to me. Yes. You guys are listening to this in real time. I will help you organize. <laughs> My sister's probably rolling her eyes. I, here's the thing, because I can be so organized in some things, and then there's other things that um, I just let fall between the cracks. And, you know, this pertains to a lot of this, because the things that sometimes let that I let go are the things that I don't understand. And so mm. things that I have systems for, I'm great. And things that have a place, I always put away. But the things that are floating around my house are things that don't have a place. And so that's kind of the same way I think my head functions. is like, I just don't know what to do with it. So it kind of sits there. But I think, you know, and you and I have actually had several conversations just like in passing our church and things. And because of this, I think we've had these <laughs> moments where we're like, oh, we can help each other do this. And we should be doing this together. And so... Um, yes, I would love to help you organize it. I mean, I'm a list maker for sure. (laughs) No, I I remember when we first did this together as practice, you Mm -hmm. asked me some really great questions. And sometimes it's that question that we're looking for that Mm. really unfolds a lot of things that we need. And I, it was kind of like trying to find the right question, the right question. And I think maybe the other part of it is just willing to fail a few times. Yeah. That's hard. I don't like failing. I don't like it either. What? I don't like failing for lots of reasons. (laughs) But um, because obviously like the question. So if we were sitting in a coffee shop, the question I would ask you not into a microphone (laughs) would be, hey, if you fail, what does that mean about you? Um, It means that you're human. Right. And that you're normal. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And are you still loved? Yes. Are you still called? Yes. 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 But those are things we have to remind ourselves because if we don't say them out loud, like we just keep keep living in the hamster cycle of believing the fear yeah. of failure. Yeah. So we, I was talking to my son the other day or 
actually the last couple of days we've talked about this, the Jesus Storybook Bible account of Jesus calming the storm. Um, the words uh, Sally Lloyd-Jones uses in that after he calms the storms and he looks at the disciples and says, did you believe your fear more than you believed me? And that has always been so convicting to me, but also encouraging to like quickly get back on track, right? That's what repentance is. And that we don't have to say all the extra prayers and all the things, you know, like you were talking about earlier, but that we can just say, like, we can stop ourselves. And the more we grow in the Lord, the more we're aware and we can like acknowledge the sin and see that and then go, oh, yep, I'm trusting my fear right here. I need to trust the Lord. And we stop and we repent and we turn and then we can move towards the truth and not, not the lies that swirl in our heads for sure yes thank you for that Mm, it's for me too (laughs) preaching myself don't you worry they're good things um is there hey where can people find you if they want to start following you and like be excited about your podcast for you and celebrate that and just kind of watch you grow and do those things well currently i have a like a little facebook and youtube account called say it with with sakina but I'm I'm going to start rebranding okay. here in a little bit. But okay. for right now, on and those can two. you? Sakina is is spelled. Do you want to spell it? Um, do you want me to? You spell it because I would try, and if I'm wrong, then we'd have to like go edit it out. So tell us, <laughs> or is, I could write it on my paper and hold it up. Is this right? <laughs> it is S S as in Sam S A K I N A H. I would have spelled it right in case anybody needed to know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. so it's good say it with Sakina and so but but even if they start following you now that will like once if it changes or something it would still link them right to, I think so yeah okay. cool now it will right <laughs> <laughs> well I guess that's a good idea I don't know <laughs> love it love it so um because hoping then like podcast launching but then you have a YouTube channel too right is that what you said mm-hmm, yeah is it still this is all kind of the same but just different platforms um yeah I'm hoping to just record myself on YouTube and then uploaded to a, um, a a podcast. So I'm just kind of practicing a little Mm bit and, um, just trying to find my, my, my complete niche. And maybe I'm just practicing that failing even. (laughs) No, you're doing great. But you're, I mean, I think anytime we attempt something like there's the risk of failure. And so always that's good though. Thanks for sitting here with me. Thank you for having me. Um, I believe that the Lord was glorified in our conversation. I also believe that he is glorified in our laughter. And I know that you were preparing for this conversation. So I'm really excited for you to tell us what has made you laugh hardest recently. Um, well, recently. Well, my dog, we have a dog. Mm-hmm. She is um, about six, six months old. And she doesn't like her dog food right now. <laughs> so when she runs out of the house, we give her um, a treat to, mm-hmm. to bring her back. So now she runs out and comes right back in for her treat. And it's super cute. And so I've trained her the, the wrong way. But now she just comes comes back quickly. So that is that's my funny story. She's pretending just to, to get the treat. That's get funny. Treat. Yeah, she's my dog. My mom's, or our dog growing up, used to, as she got old, she always wanted to sit in my dad's chair when he would go to bed and she would go to the door if my mom was sitting in that chair and she'd bark at the door like she wanted to go outside and wanted to go outside so my mom would get up go to the sliding door and then would open it and she couldn't find the dog so she'd go back to the living room and the dog would be in the chair she would pretend (laughs) to go out so that she could just get the seat (laughs) she got real grumpy and funny like that in her old age so anyways um thanks for being here